Well, it's my absolute privilege to introduce our next speaker. And I do want to say before Bruce comes up that one of the things I am always inspired by Bruce is this point. Bruce is a faithful man of God. It's the hallmark on Bruce is he is faithful. Um, and, and what I'm excited about, and every time he speaks, I'm excited about this, is that um, because Bruce is faithful and he keeps digging and he keeps digging, it's like when you're going deep into a well, he's bringing something that he's experienced. Um, and, and, and Bruce is basically a well and a, and a monument to God's goodness and faithfulness. And so I'm expectant, and I hope we're all expectant for what he's going to bring that comes out of the depths of his relationship with God. So why don't we give him a massive round of applause. You. Thank you, Jesse. You almost had me crying. Thank you for that. Right? Just before just before you preach, nothing worse than getting up and someone's made you all emotional. Get hit you in the feels. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna move on. I love uh, I love what Rogers preached because uh, I was actually sitting on Habakkuk 3:2 about 30 seconds before he got there because it's one of my favorite verses. And as he preached, it triggered that in me as well. I love that verse. It's awesome. And Isaiah 61's been meaningful to me in my life as well. In fact, the first sermon I preached was from Isaiah 61 because it's so amazing, and I think it's for us today. But we're gonna we're gonna track on with what I've got. Uh, for today. And so I'm going to tell you a story. So, uh, and it's actually around the 19, uh, 1860s as well. 1859 is where my story is from. It's actually about a, uh, a French uh, acrobat or a, and, and uh, he is a guy called Monsieur Blondin. It was his stage name. He was apparently blonde. Uh, and he, uh, according to the story, he had a dream one night. And so uh, he decided that he was going to cross uh, the, the Niagara Falls Gorge, so just down from the falls, on a high wire. So we set out, he got this all set up. It's about a 700-metre span that he had on this, on this wire. It's a bit crazy. And it's about 70 metres above, above the, the river after the falls. Uh, he set it up, he, he tested it all, got it all running, and uh, had guy ropes, of course, supporting it from the sides, except for this middle section uh, where it sort of changed from the Canadian side to the American side. There was a gap of about 15, 20 metres that had no guy ropes there, so it was a bit hairy through there. But he uh, set it all up, and he started doing these, these high-wire crossings through... And uh, so he walked across it normally, as it, you know, with a big pole and that sort of stuff. Uh, he, of course, was a, he was a guy who liked to show off. So he decided to do it uh, dressed as an ape one time. So there's an interesting choice to make. Uh, he carried a table and chairs and a, and a tea set with him one time, sat down halfway across, had a cup of tea, uh, and then carried on on the rest of his journey. There was another time uh, he got up there and, um, uh, and carried a stove with him, uh, cooked his lunch, on the high wire, uh, had his lunch, and then carried on through. Bit of a bit of a crazy man, but uh, on the 19th of August, he set himself this goal that he would carry a man on his back across the Niagara Falls. Of course, that's a stir, isn't it? Like, if it's just you across there, well, you put your own life at risk. But in this instance, he was choosing to put another man's life at risk. He manages to uh, convince some crazy man to, to join him in it, that someone obviously that fairly trusted him well enough that in his skill, um, and, and it became a major sensation. They, were, they reckon that uh, on the day, 300,000 people around came to watch this. They couldn't do a proper count 
uh, because the grandstands that they built were overflowing. Uh, there were people on roofs and, and hotel balconies and uh, on the tops of trains and all sorts because they really wanted to be a part of this, uh, this day. And so uh, he set all this up. And his one instruction, so the guy that was with him was a guy called Harry Colcord. Um, and his instruction to Harry Colcord was this. He said, uh, just be dead weight. <laughs> I don't want you to move. So if we start to lose balance, it is not your job to counterbalance it. Because he said, that is my job. I just need you to hold on and don't move. Um, so that's faith, right? Because I got to be, you know, like even even sitting in cars and stuff. I'm sometimes like putting, pumping the brakes. Like this guy had to just hold on and trust that if they start to lose it, that that Blondin was capable of writing it without without Harry's help. Um, it's a pretty amazing instruction. Anyway, they, they made the decision as well that they would, I mean, let's be honest, carrying a man 700 meters at any time is a big job to do, let alone on a high wire. So they, they decided that those guy rope points would be points to take a break at. So so Harry would have to stand on the wire, wait for uh, this to, to Blondin to sort of recover, and then they would carry on with the next phase. And they did that. There was about seven stops. And you can imagine, obviously, there's a, there's a that rope is heavy, you put like two men on that rope and it, and it sort of gets quite an angle on it. Uh, they did about seven stops on the way down, but they get to the middle point that's sort of less supported and and he gets part where um, Blond, yeah, Monsieur Blondin gets to the point on this, on this unsupported stuff and he literally starts to lose it. It's not a show, like he's a showman, sometimes he would pretend, but no, no, he actually was losing his balance. He was trying to figure it out and it said that he was so frantic that he literally ran the the, the meters that it took uh, up the rope to get to that next sturdy point. Here's the issue. He puts his foot on that guy rope. It broke. And all of a sudden, what was holding in tension from side to side sway is now pulled in one direction. What he thought was safe became hazardous and risky, and he had to rebalance and, re, and rejig it and then make his way rapidly to the next spot. It said that when he uh, stopped, he said, get off, <laughs> uh, sweating profusely uh, from carrying this man through not just a, a very stressful situation. Uh, it turns out in later investigation there were some people with uh, uh, um, some heavy bets against them not making it. They'd actually tampered with the wire, which caused it to break and almost caused him to fall. Uh, and so it's amazing that they did that. It took all of about 45 minutes for them to do this amazing stunt or feat of, of craziness. Um, and it said, I love this quote, and I'm going to come back to it later. It said, Those spectators swooned and women screamed with fear. Colcord did not budge. In that awesome second, Blondin's words held him firm. And that's an amazing thing to think. So, so I want to cover quickly two things today, cover two questions. Because we talk about faith, but it's, faith is not this abstract. It's always faith in something, right? It's always faith for something. It's always, it's always got like a, if you want to use a noun, it's always got a name to it. So it's faith in something. So my question to you today is, what is your faith in? Because even this week, God challenged me about where my faith is, and we'll get to it in a second. Some people, they put their faith in knowledge and science and, and those things. And look, I'm a geek. I come from a, a history of loving learning. But, and I think God put within us a desire, a curiosity to understand our world. Um, but, but sometimes we take it too far and we believe that that is the answer, that science and knowledge is the answer. 
uh, maybe that's you today. Sometimes we put our trust in ourselves, and this is my story this week. Um, so I think it was about Wednesday. I'd had a really average day, and by average I mean it was a bad day. Um, and so I got in the car at the end of the day, about 20 past five, and, and it was a ute, and sat down, turned the car on, and uh, God said to me, how's your day? And I'm like, I love how he asks these questions like he doesn't know the answer, um, but he's just fishing for, for what you, can, you know, asked Adam, where are you, dude? And like he didn't know, hiding here in the bushes, mate, because I'm naked. No, so I'm sitting there, he's like, he said, how's your day? And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty average. He goes, yeah, was I part of it? And I look back on my day and I went, like normally I try and start my day with a bit of prayer and, and reading my Bible. I'd woken up late that day. Literally I had to get up, jump in the shower, chuck on some clothes because I might have to work around other people. So showering in the morning is a good idea. And normally I try and normally I try and then pray in the car on the way to work or chuck on some worship. But look, I'm a guy and uh, it's better that I focus on my driving and sometimes the other drivers uh, than to be distracted too much. So I often find myself uh, losing focus on the prayer to focus on the driving. And I realized I'd gone through my day without even acknowledging God more than a couple of seconds here and there. Now, look, I'm competent in my job. I can get my job done. But how much better could my day have been? How much different could my day have been had I taken an opportunity and brought God into it? Um, and so he challenged me on that in the car. And I'm like, yeah, good point. Um, and, and you'd think that I'd learned my lesson, but no. Uh, so I had some things I wanted to do that evening. At night when I got into bed, God goes, how'd your evening go? I'm like, oh, yeah. I did the same thing that night. Like, you know, I didn't even learn my flippant lesson. I learned it the next day, though. I definitely learned it the next day. But I think we can sometimes put our trust in ourselves. We can put trust in other people or faith in other people. Sometimes we put a lot of pressure on someone else. There's some people who think that getting married is going to be the answer to all of their problems. They, they, they think that this person is going to answer it all for them. Or maybe it's a, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, if I finally find the right person. Maybe it's a leader. And look, there's news stories now about so many issues with church leaders and, and things happening. The reality is, is we're all human. There's only so much burden we can bear. I, I am not your answer. Hopefully, I'm pointing to Jesus, and he's your answer. Um, the Bible says to honor those who lead. It doesn't say to idolize them. Um, sometimes we put our trust in money, right? We sleep better when, when the bank balance is looking good and our, and our investment portfolio is looking healthy if you have one of those. Um, but sometimes we put too much trust in money as a great servant, a really bad master, and if you're chasing money for the sake of security, you're going to find yourself chasing a dream, and it's not going to happen. Sometimes we put our trust in technology. Now, I don't want to bag it too much because uh, our robot overlords might hear me, um, but technology, you know, I, was I think I was talking to uh, Graham Simmons the other week, and he was, he was saying, you know, they brought computers in, and they said that we'd be able to do the same amount of work in 10 hours, so you'd have a 10-hour work week and be just as productive. Anyone working just 10 hours a week and earning, and I, I don't know anyone. I, I swear I'm working more hours than I had, and I've got a computer here and all sorts of stuff. Technology has its place, but I don't think it's going to be a place that we can trust and put our faith into, is it? I won't labor on this one, but uh, some people believe that if the government or the, had the right policies, that, that everything would be fixed. Here's the thing. Jesus, Jesus, God created the law for Israel, and even he said, that it really didn't fix much. It literally just highlighted the things that were wrong in people's hearts. So if you think the government's going to fix the world, if you think the right policies are going to do it, the reality is, is that our world needs 
heart surgery. The world needs things in its heart. And so, look, I think, look, and don't get me wrong, good people in positions of influence are something we should be striving for, absolutely, but they are never the only answer. Anyway, so in all of those things, we come back to what's our faith in. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. He is the one who moves mountains. I love it. We, he, uh, Rod talked about the faith of a mustard seed. If you put a mustard seed next to a mountain, what kind of multiplier do you need to put on that mustard seed to make that thing move? Like that's a multiplier that only God can provide, right? Miracle. It is. It's a miracle. And I am going dry. Oh, excuse me. Nardine and I have decided, so we, we pray over meals and, and we pray with Ethan at bedtime and we pray together when it's needed, when, we, you know, when pressure comes on and, and a few other times. But we've decided that for, for what we want to see happen in and through us, that we need to be more intentional as a family, praying each week. Um, so we are working on it. This is really fresh and new, so don't think we're that great. Um, but, but we are planning on one night a week, the, me and uh, wife and uh, son, praying together as a family, and then one night a week, me and, uh, and Nadine are going to pray together. We started it this week, and we're just trying to see what nights work for us because we got busy schedules. And uh, I think it was Wednesday again, so I did it. By the time I got to bed, we'd prayed. Um, but on that Wednesday night, we were praying, and there was a list of things that we'd raised. Uh, there was also a person that we'd talked about that, that we'd sort of lost connection with, uh, and we knew that there were some changes going on and some life stuff happening. And we hadn't planned on praying for them, but in the midst of our prayer, I just I started praying for them and, and then Nadine prayed for them. And, and so this person that, you know, we, we thought, you know, hopefully they're doing all right, but they're not replying to us. We, we, we don't know what's happening. Uh, they were on our hearts, so we prayed. Within 24 hours, we had a message from them making contact with us, just touching base. And, and we're like, God, thank you so, so good that this person that you put on our heart, we pray, and all of a sudden, we start to see some fruit from it. That's amazing. I was reminded as well when I was 18, me and two mates used to get together every Thursday night. We'd go and we would pray for an hour. We had our list. We had our things. And, then, and I can tell you, we did that for like six months. And I, there was not a week that went by that there wasn't something from a previous prayer meeting that was, wasn't answered. Every week someone came back and said, hey, you know how we prayed for that last week? Or you know how we prayed for that a month ago? This is what's happened. This is what's going on. This is, and we were just encouraged and pumped because God's the God that we can put faith in. He's the one who can answer the prayers. He's the one that we can see things happen through. Um, we'll move on. That's good. We have to trust God and then let him work. Um, the, so that's the first question is what is your faith in? What are you putting your faith in? And um, the second question is, what words are holding you firm? See, see uh, Harry, when he's holding on to there, said that he said that those words that, that Blondin spoke to him about just being a dead weight, hold on and let me fix it, said that those things held him firm in place in an unstable environment, in a situation that was risky and hairy and things were going horribly wrong. Those words held him firm. And I want to ask, what words do you carry in your heart that you hold firm to when life gets unsteady? I, uh, I had, uh, had the privilege of being on the panel for the youth uh, night a couple of weeks back, and, uh, and I shared with them that 
there's two things that I have. I have in my wallet, uh, I have a, I talked about identity things that, that Rod was talking about. I literally have an A4, double-sided A4, that not just declares who God says I am and, and what he says about me, but also declares what I believe he has for me to come, those things that he's spoken about me. And so when I need it, I can grab that out of my wallet. My wallet's always with me, so I can grab it out and pray it. The other thing that I have strategically done from the age of about 13, um, I've been in church a long time, um, from about the age of 13, I have I've kept a record of prophetic words that have been spoken over. I literally have a Word document and an Evernote note that has as many as I could get my hands on prophetic words that have been, or encouraging words. I remember one time at youth group, they literally did this thing where you, you like had the person's name at the top and at the bottom of the page, you write something encouraging or nice about the person and fold it up and then wrote the next, and then you hand it around the circle till it gets back to you. And I read through those things. They're still there. I still look at them and go, oh, I remember who wrote that. And one guy who couldn't spell, who refused to let me tell him how to spell uh, on my one. So I have to put up with his misspelling on this. Um, but you know, it's my, it's my ADD, OCD stuff. Like, spell right, people. Um, but that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but what words are you holding on to? What scriptures? I, I also, I'm, I'm working on memorizing scriptures. So Isaiah 61 is one of the whole chapters that I try and memorize. Proverbs 3 was spoken to me at my prophecy, at my, at my baptism, uh, and, I, and I'm memorizing that. I, 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 also have just single verses, not just whole chapters. But uh, I think at the moment, and and so this is, I'll be honest with you again. So there's a, an app that I use. I think there's 150 something verses that I'm, I'm I've been memorizing, starting from about three years ago. Uh, I think I'm though about 80 verses behind um, being current. But you know, I'm working on it. But these are things that they they come back to you. They speak to you. They're things that you can land on. They're things that God has said so that when the mountains are standing in front of you, you can claim those promises. You can claim those words. I think I'm pretty much done on time, but there's two things that I want to do before I'm done. Uh, I see Sheldon down the back there. Sheldon's an awesome guy. He's the coach uh, for my son's soccer team. We had a win for the first one of the season. Sheldon, I I I was at the front this morning, and and, um, I felt God say to me, that there, there is a bigness that is developing in you. It's like you're not the tallest guy, neither am I, but, but it's like I saw when you stood this shadow that stood that hit the roof. And so what I felt was that God is saying there is something, a capacity within you that God has, Sheldon, to grow and influence and become more, and it's about pushing into him and, and you know, uh, obeying him and doing those things. So had that one for you. The other one I actually had, and he's not going to like this, but uh, Kimball, um, it's good to see you this morning as well. He's still sitting there hiding behind there. Um, man, I know you and Carl's story somewhat, and I know that it's been a journey that's been difficult. And, and I just want to say that your past doesn't determine your future that the words, the things that you think about yourself need to come into submission to what God says about you, that, that the things that other people might think or say about you, you need to submit them to God and not take them on as truth because our God is a God who can move mountains and our God is a God who loves and cares for you, and that's for you too, Carl, and maybe for, that, for someone else you can grab that as well if that speaks to you. So I want to encourage you. I want to ask you those two questions again as I finish up. What is your faith in? Are you you putting your faith in God? When it gets hard, are you doing it by yourself or are you doing it with them? Are you trusting in knowledge or are you trusting in 
a God who knows all things. And that's the funny thing, isn't it? We like to trust in human knowledge. We've got a God who's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Omniscient. He knows everything. Omnipotent. Um, omnipotent. Omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And so, we, but we like to do it on our own, don't we? I do it all the time. Who do you put your faith in? Because if it's not God, I want to encourage you today to put your faith in God. And what words are you holding firm? When the world gets shaky, when, when things get a little bit rocky, what are you holding on to? What truth are you holding on to? And I encourage you to find that in the word of God. I want to just uh, quickly pray and then I'll head to Jesse. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. And I just pray that you would speak to each of us about faith in you about the journey that you've got for us, about how awesome you are as a God and how much we can trust you with our future. God, I look forward, Father God, to the testimonies from people who hear these messages, who grab a hold of faith in you, God, and begin to take steps. We just do pray, Father God, for for boldness and faith, Father God, that we would see, Father God, those things that you've done before happen again, Father God, that we would see your power at work in and through us, Father God, in this time. We thank you, God. You're such a good God, and we love you. Amen. Let's give Bruce a hand. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.